long yeah do you remember when we were talking about how i didn't know what a suede head was yep i think it's there i think it might be slightly long for a suede head damn it and you know i know better luck next time i wanted to do this episode two weeks ago then that reference would have made sense i'm sorry i'm <laughs> sorry okay. um yeah so we're gonna try a little something new today because uh um, you're sounding good and loud. Um, do you know yeah. how to turn the volume up on your computer's microphone? No. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> no, it's just that last time it came out, came out a little quiet and I had to boost okay. your sections manually and that was a pain in the ass. So I'm so sorry. Why didn't you just cut my sections out? That would have been a boring fucking podcast. <laughs> Uh, so should, are you saying I should like lean into my computer? Yeah, maybe, or put it closer to your face or something. I don't know. And then also, um, we're going to try this new thing with Planet Ant Podcasts where someone's going to take a look at this video. So I'm glad you dressed up for this. I didn't. I'm in my pajamas. The scarf looks like you're ready for a night on the town. So yeah, no, this, I never have worn this out of my house ever. But whatever, it's, I wanted everyone to feel like it was an intimate connection, so. Yeah, no, I understand, and that's good. Uh, You're welcome. You're way yeah. too long to be a suede head, by the way. I really hope that you guys can hear me. I honestly, I'm like, shit, my computer microphone is probably clogged with dog hair. Fuck. Oh, no, no, just, yeah, get, I mean, I can hear you just fine. It's just, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, I'm not overpowering. Maybe if I turn myself down, you yeah, know, balance maybe. it out and then I can boost the whole wave or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Stop being so overpowering. I'm trying to just sound as good as I possibly can, which is still very shitty. So <laughs> that's the goal. That's the goal. So I wanted to talk about like an actual topic today. Yeah. I want to talk about lateral thinking. I'm excited. Um, and I just want to ask you a question. Just a question I ask most people I know. Um a woman is seated and is writing. There's a thunderstorm outside and she dies as a consequence. How did she die? A woman is sitting down and writing? Is that what you said? Correct. And there's and a thunderstorm outside and she dies as a consequence. As a consequence of the thunderstorm or of her writing? I'm going to say of the thunderstorm. Oh, okay. Shit. I don't know. Um, yeah, well, the answer to that is... So uh, it's, okay. Are you saying you're going to tell me the answer? No. Do you want me to give you a hint? Yeah. Yeah. Do so that. Let me just start off by explaining what the fuck it is I'm doing. I, uh, so I have this book called lateral logic puzzles that I've had on my shelf for years and years and years. Um, I didn't remember I even had it until I saw it on my shelf today. Awesome. And, uh, I knew I wanted to talk about lateral thinking because it's an interesting, um, theory of thought there's we talk a lot about solving problems with critical thinking using critical mm -hmm. thinking to discern between what's true and false this is more of like a problem solving type of thinking it's sort of it you, you could take there's there's 
vertical thinking and lateral thinking. Vertical thinking is what we usually do when we deconstruct a problem. We're going through it step by step, mm -hmm. making logical choices along the way based on previously known knowledge, right? So that's how we normally break down an issue with lateral thinking you can kind of go off the wall with it. You know, it's, it kind of reminds me a lot of improv where it's like, give me a word, I'm gonna make a scene out of it, you know? So it's like, take this thing, go sideways with it and see where that gets you. Take this thing and go make a scene wherever, yeah. cause a ruckus. Yeah. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Use it to civil disobedience something. Make no, but you, you, you've heard of improv comedy, right? I think so. Okay. I think I've partook in it before. <laughs> yeah, but does that make sense? So you're in improv, you're never like, okay, someone said chair, so I'm going to construct a well-crafted like scene all about chairs. That's not how it usually goes. Typically not, yeah. No. Unless you're bad at it, which a lot of people are, let's be honest. Yeah, true. Um, so the hint for this one, um, is, should be more prepared. Um, was she doing her job when writing? Yes. Oh, hmm, shit. She's doing her job writing, sitting at a desk. Yeah. Well, no one said desk. Oh. <laughs> so there's your lateral, you're like sitting. No one said desk. But is she, she is sitting, right? She's and sitting writing. and writing, yeah. I guess I'm taking for granted that she's not just like writing on her lap. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you totally, totally. Well, I'm just gonna give you the answer because it's boring, but yeah, yeah. She, she's a skywriter and the lightning struck her plane and she crashed. Oh, okay, so, okay. Very, you're supposed to go, what the hell? And then I guess some people are good at that. Some people are bad at that. I think some of that kind of stuff is included in IQ tests. I don't know how valid any of that well, is. Well, I'm going to be honest, not to victim blame, but what the fuck is she doing up, up there in a thunderstorm? That sounds like a really bad idea. Is she licensed to do this skywriting job? I don't know. You should know more about aviation, in my opinion. I think so too. Um, so anyway, this guy, uh, Edward DeBono, uh, came up with this lateral thinking concept in 1970. And it's uh, as a way to differentiate from um, traditional mm -hmm. problem solving approaches. Um, now, they, um, we talked about, we've talked a little bit about Myers-Briggs before, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And you know yours? Um. If you tell me yours, I bet it's extremely similar. Mine other. was INFP at the time, but. ENFJ, but the I and the E on mine were literally 50-50. Right, right. So I'm actually with this whole vertical thinking versus lateral thinking, the S and the N are the, are the two factors at play, whether you tend to go one way or the other. Mm -hmm. As I've aged, I feel like I am more of the sensing, critical, vertical thinker than mm -hmm. I am the, the lateral kind of, hey, I'm gonna make a joke about this thing that someone just said, cause it's just off the wall, uh -huh. 
I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't take the last time I took this test was in college. Look, I think I was like a sophomore in college. And the time before that, I was 15 years old. Um, my dad administered it to me and I still have the results. Um, under occupation, he wrote student. But I don't know why he gave me the Myers-Briggs test, probably because he's just a nerd about stuff like that. But yeah. I do want to be different if I took it today. That said, I also don't 100% trust the validity of the test. So That's what I was actually going to say, because I talked to a friend who actually just recently became a psychiatrist. Um, and he kind of called it the uh, like astrology of, yeah. of the mind. Yeah, totally. In yeah. a way. Because, yeah, I definitely straddle the border on the intuitive versus sensing because I can be critical when it's and and vertical thought when it's that time. And then I can also laterally think when it's time to do that. Unfortunately, lateral thought doesn't really play into practical problem solving very much. Yeah. I mean, I think it would be helpful to give some concrete examples if there's, if it's possible to give a concrete example of lateral thinking. Well, can, um, I, uh, can I give you a quote from the great racist Henry Ford? Okay, sure. Um, so here's an example of a vertical thought. If I had asked what people wanted, they would have said faster horses. Mm -hmm. Does that make any sense? Like people are basing what's possible based on what they already know. Yes. Yep. And following it in a linear path. Yep. Whereas the car was like off, like, oh, it's it moves. It has all the characteristics of a horse carriage but it's this other thing yeah and it can kill way more people you can kill way more people you can it's just something to keep in mind the car really fucked up everything right yeah yeah for real <laughs> for real because we would have no real need for oil otherwise yeah yeah it's pretty yeah so yeah i wish we had faster horses <laughs> that would have been nice maybe henry ford would have been better if he had directed his efforts toward like genetic engineering or something like that. Yeah, instead of like eugenics or whatever. He was a piece of shit, everybody. Specifically. Well, yeah, yeah. Sorry that that's the quote. I'm sorry? We're not pulling punches here. Fuck no, Henry. we don't pull punches with Henry Ford. It's in our slogan. If he was alive, we'd punch him in the dick. Yeah, yeah. And then I would read this quote back to him and be like, hey, remember saying this shit about fast horses? Right. Bitch. And then I would try to like make a whinny noise, like whinny like a horse. And I'd realize I don't really know how to do it. And it would sound really dumb. And both of you would look at me like, what did you just do? And I'd ruin the moment. So. <laughs> I don't like that I'm sharing like a knowing like look with Henry Ford. Well, I'm sorry. It's my fault. I ruined the moment. You. <laughs> You've ruined this episode. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that was my goal, so. No, so I guess what I'm getting at is that the solutions we have to issues lately are very of a certain model, of, a, cer of a certain template. We're not thinking much outside of what we've known since maybe the 70s, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I agree. And I think it is really telling how much that shit is not working right now. You know? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I even, I, not, not that I read a lot of Marco Rubio's tweets, but for some reason I saw this one. And he was basically saying like, you know, the paying, giving people $1,400 
that's welfare. And you know what I thought? You're fucking right, asshole. It's yeah. welfare. This is a welfare issue, you piece of shit. Yeah. This is welfare. And yeah. that, but right now, welfare means bad. It doesn't mean for the common good, making sure people are okay, which is the fucking definition of welfare. And considering the federal government's complete failure in this situation, yeah, you owe us welfare, fuckhead. Yeah. There you go. And it is, in, well, yeah, it's interesting because in European discussions, I've said, I've seen that they'll just, they'll openly describe their country as a welfare state. We, I mean, in a positive way, not in a negative way, not in a negative way, in a positive way so that they appreciate that the stressors of, you know, winding up homeless and dead somewhere um, because you couldn't go to the hospital are, are just gone from their lives, you know? The, they yeah. don't have those stressors. They can kind of focus on other things. Um, Weird how if you just baseline take care of your population, like it makes everyone's lives better. <laughs> like yeah, and that's what I've always thought too. But it doesn't seem to be the bot. That's not the bottom line of what America is. I don't get it. I really don't because I feel like these arguments could be made in an extremely selfish way. You know, like for instance, these poor vermin fucks who don't live in nice cities and don't have nice things and are poor. We have to vaccinate all of them so they can't give us coronavirus. You know, like, oh. <laughs> there you go. I just made it about me as a rich white person. That's an interesting ad you've purchased. <laughs> I would love to have, I would love to have that narrated by you. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's a PSA. It's I'm like on Fox Business or something. <laughs> It's through a dark money pack. You won't know. Yeah. No one will know who paid for it. No, I agree. I mean, for real, there are many ways to frame it that way, but I don't. Somehow it seems to just like. To the powers that be or I don't like the phrase powers that be, but <laughs> the powers. Um, they really just they're OK with everybody just being wage slaves clearly yes that has become extremely clear and it's really unfortunate but uh, it does seem like oh uh, I to say. so based on what i read on the wikipedia page of lateral thinking the short definition of lateral thinking is people who say there's gotta be a better way oh right? okay sure so it's infomercial thinking kind of, yeah like i'm trying to i'm picking up a can and i'm spilling soup on myself yeah Right. You're just a fucking klutz. You've spilled all the dishes out of the cabinet because it's overflowing with Tupperware. And yeah. And then the, the person comes in, they're like, don't worry about these stupid cabinets. These are Velcro plates. And they just are sticking them to the wall. And it's you the know? guy with the question marks on his suit and he's doing it. And it's yeah. So yeah. I so mean, no, I, I agree that that's a good definition. I like it. Lateral thinking is as seen on TV. Got it. Yeah. No, but go on. What were you gonna gonna say to about the to the rich and the poor and the the thing? Who knows? Probably some fucking quote from War and Peace. I don't remember. <laughs> probably I was probably gonna quote Faulkner. I don't know. That's so unlikely. That's As happening. you do. Yeah, yeah. You know the sound of the fury. Here we go. <laughs> no. No, but so the I mean the solution right now for the rich is to just stay away from the poor, right? It's just yeah. kind. Of... Ugh, I mean, it just seems so fucking short sighted in terms of like. Yeah. Like you literally make more of your environment tolerable for yourself, you rich, selfish piece of shit. If 
more ripples out from where you live, it wasn't destitute and dangerous. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, why are these tech bros like cool with living in a like fucking shitted up San Francisco? You know what I mean? Like if they're so anti-homeless and like, yeah. fix the, fix it. Well, guys. California has had a lot of time to fix their homeless problem and they never have. So, you know, like look at Los Angeles and Skid Row and all that shit that's been going on forever. Yeah. There've been plenty of like progressive politicians who've been charged of LA and none of them have ever managed to do anything about it. Yeah. I think part of it is because people are like, Oh gosh, I want everybody to be equal. And you know, I don't discriminate based on color, age, or religion, but they can't live by me. They can't yeah. low income housing next to my house, you know? So you've got this not in my backyard bullshit. <coughs> Those people control the politicians you have Skid Row, which is, I think, I think I watched a documentary recently where they mentioned that. I think they said it's 56 blocks in Los Angeles. That's basically like a homeless encampment. You know, I lived like a few blocks from there, right? Yeah. 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 I, mean, I didn't realize the scope of it, like that it was that big. Like I knew it was bad there. but it was Yeah, like, I didn't realize it was 56 blocks either because I would walk through it like on 7th Street, like taking like Spring or Main Anyway, I directions are bad in my head right now, but whatever it was, we would walk through it to get to the arts district. And it wasn't that great to walk through. It was pretty like sketchy and like not safe feeling and just kind of like sad. But um, yeah, I don't know what they, I don't know what you can do with that. I think California has got the problem too, where it's like warm all the time. So it's like a pretty, pretty good spot to, be homeless if you're going to be homeless so why not yes yes and a lot of people who go there once they're there they're like nope i'm this is where i am like i'm not never going back to my small town or whatever and and they have mental illness problems and now they live on the streets of la i'm sure that's the story of way too many people you think maybe entertainers is what you're thinking (laughs) yeah i'm sure in many respects yeah a lot of people who i mean people might come to la with an aspirational you and then get kicked down pretty quickly. I mean, it's a terrible, disgusting city. I don't care what anyone says. I have nothing nice to say about it. <laughs> Literally, fuck everything that's from LA, even if it's, even if you are. Um, so, one thing that I was thinking about with this lateral thinking stuff when I was looking at the Wikipedia page, something that's been popping in my head recently is like, why is it even acceptable for there to be that level of destitute? For there to be so many decrepit and burned out buildings? For there to be roads that are falling apart? Like, I, I just feel like it's it's nonsense that we can, we can say like, oh, the people who are in charge are succeeding if shit looks like that. It just seems wild to me that we're just like, well, what are you gonna do? This house in Detroit's been burnt out for 40 years. You know, this building has all the windows broken out and it's let, we're just gonna let it rot. Well, that's kind of, yeah, that's where the lateral thinking part comes in, where it's like, why aren't we just throwing out all of these fucking crazy, stupid ideas that we've held on to for a long time? And it's liberal thinking worked really well. We'd be in great shape right now. I mean, if you think about it, like Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, like a lot of the ideals that they espoused, they didn't come to fruition at all. And there wasn't a tremendous amount of difference between them and George W. Bush in terms of like the group of people who are in charge most Democrats and most Republicans of like the higher ilk, they all believe the same kind of shit, even though to a different degree. I'm not talking about the crazies we hear about all the time, but just like the fact that they're, you know, they're like, this is 
we're in charge. We are the elite. We are the people yeah. who make the rules. And it's yeah. just weird. You know, how well, much I mean, it- yeah, it's like a given. Like, of course, we have to help big business because, of course, they're going to they rule our lives. And of course, it's just that kind of thinking where it's like, well, what? A- oh, there has to be a better way. Like you said, there has to be a better way. Yeah. Yeah. Like I was even, I mean, this was something I thought about a lot in Hamtramck. I felt like in Hamtramck, I tried to do a lot of lateral thinking because there were so many issues I found so frustrating. Like for instance, how much trash there is everywhere. Mm. Partly that was because there's a lot of little stores just throughout the neighborhoods and stuff. So, you know, it's not like you have to walk all the way to CVS to buy a candy bar. You can walk to the corner and buy one. So there's just wrappers and shit everywhere. And that made me really crazy. And so I I joined the beautification commission and I was like, all right, I really want to try to think of ways that we can like make this better. We were trying to figure out ways to like basically make DIY trash cans um, that, you know, out of, out of things that, because we knew we didn't have people to empty them all the time. You know, we're like, that's going to be something that doesn't happen very often, you know? So we need them to be, you know, basically not an open can that water and stuff can just get into, you know, we kind of top on it. So we tried all kinds of stuff in terms of like sketches and schematics, like, you know, uh, crit- not, what do you call it? Brainstorming. But, you know, we never really made anything, but we were like, we had old tires. Like, we we're like, oh my God, we're going to do this. We're going to take old tires. We're going to connect them together. Then we can kind of do like a hood over it. You know, this never ended up really working out, but it was really fun to be able to think like that and to be able to be like, what, how could we do this differently? Like, why does it have to be like this? Yeah. Yeah. And when the problem really is meaningful to you, I think it can be an interesting exercise. It's like, I think yep. that, pro- that kind of shit gets used. I think it's probably the only place that lateral thinking might get used in actual industry is premium advertising or something. Like what what off the wall thing can we do? Well, let's make crazy fucking chipmunks that sing in the, about Quiznos or whatever. Like, okay, great. That sounds good. But like, I don't think anyone else is doing that in terms of like actual problem solving. No, I mean, I think if more people who are in charge were doing lateral thinking, we'd be in better shape. I yeah. mean, I mean, same thing with in Hamtramck across the street from my house, the house across the street caught on fire. And so it was abandoned and I burned out for yeah. years at least. So every time I opened my front door, I was looking at this abandoned house. Um, I, I called the city more than once about it. Be like, what is the deal with this house? Like this property looks like shit. No one's taking care of it. Who owns this? You know, and they basically would be like, oh, well, you know, it's buyers from out of state. So, or it's the bank, you know, and I'd be like, well, I feel like, shouldn't we be able to do something to make these properties like less horrific to look at? Like, you know, I want to go over there and like clean it up. And they're basically like, oh, well, you know, we can't because it's not ours. And then that's trespassing and they could sue you. You know, I'm just like, fuck all of this. This is all bullshit and all wrong. Agreed. Well, it's reminding me of a Sopranos that I was just watching episode that I was just watching. Chelsea and I are watching Sopranos. And yeah, so this congressman or city councilman, something, this guy Zellman, they have this program. Great. It's like an urban beautification renewal program. It's going to turn this burnt out neighborhood like you're talking about in Newark or something, Newark, New Jersey, into like this great place, put up new houses and stuff. But it's so fraught with corruption, you know, like the Sopranos are involved, the congressman's involved, everyone's cutting, taking a take. So when you first hear about the program, you're like, this sounds like a great program. But then by the end of the episode, you see it's been stripped bare by just all the middle in between shit. And so the program ends up being kind of useless. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I think, too, I'm just very sick of the cynicism, which I think also boils down to lateral thinking. Like, I just hear so many, especially politicians, but I hear a lot of people when you mention doing anything differently, especially if it, if it um, is giving people more benefit of the doubt than you normally do. 
oh no, you can't do that. People will just take, take advantage. And, you know, if you put it that way, then people are going to steal this and, you know, all of that shit. I'm just like, why don't you calm the fuck down and help people? Right. You know? Right. Maybe that is more important than making sure that, you know, some fraud doesn't happen because yeah. I'm not worried about your average fucking person frauding the government. I'm more worried about the government frauding us. So I don't really give a shit if someone manages to scam the government out of a few thousand dollars. Congratulations. Yeah. I don't really care. I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah, and it is. It's just like this, what, oh no, we got it. Well, already the Republicans are like up in arms about the devil. Oh, the deficit, you know. Oh no, we can't spend that money. It's too much money. Oh, really? Is it that much money? You know, we just found out Trump like bilked us all for like uh, over a billion dollars during his term. So um I yeah. just, I, how do you get rip, rid of like hypocrites just being fucking hypocritical? That's right. That, that would be great. And, you know, maybe it shouldn't involve lateral thinking to be like, wow, maybe hypocrites shouldn't be in charge. <laughs> right. That's some good lateral thinking, I think. And it's, but if you, you got to throw out the whole system then. So it is just, we got to have a revolution or nothing else happens. Yeah. I think that's pretty accurate. So cool. Well, on a more exciting note. Yeah. I am moving. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Is that why? Is was there more art up behind you before or something? No. Okay. No. Thank you for trying to notice. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we're moving and uh, I'm pretty stoked about it considering how shitty this year has been. Yeah. It, I, I was really, I can't believe it. Like we found this awesome house and it looks like this is really happening. So I'm pretty, yeah. Yeah, So like all the, the official stuff is in order and you're signing papers and things. We're scheduling the closing, which is all the shit. Speaking of lateral thinking. Oh, I hate it all too. Yeah. Break real estate and the medical field. You need to be obliterated by lateral thinkers. Holy shit all this like we're scheduling the closing and then we have to do the it's just so much dumb shit yeah i don't understand the i mean i guess i don't know see it's all about everybody protecting their money essentially yeah yeah i feel if somebody if you ask somebody that you work for to give you health care and they mention the words enrollment period you should be able to choke them i don't know i think they should just give you health care because you work there you shouldn't have to wait till a magical arbitrary fucking month (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you- or 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 a or a probation period where you have to be there for ninety days and not have health care. Something there's got to be something else. You know what like- I mean? You've had jobs like that, or maybe you haven't. I've had jobs where I've had to work there for three months and then the health care care yeah. kicks in. So no, that sounds like bullshit to me. It is bullshit. It's complete bullshit. Yeah. Well, that's I've opted out of the system because I can and I just buy health care. I'm kind of an independent person now. You're independent lady i know i get to i get to play europe over here and like make my make my health care separate from my job like a european when you said i get to play europe i immediately thought of the song the final countdown so <laughs> so i'm imagining you rocking out to europe in your office <laughs> that's what i get to do while i get the vaccine we're headed to venus and still we stand tall you know that <laughs> Oh, of course. What do you, you think I didn't, you think I didn't watch the Detroit Pistons from 1988 to 1992? They, they played that all the time at the Silver Dome. That makes sense. Yeah. I liked it because I had the cassette tape. I got it in my Easter basket one year. 
So there you go. That's good. Really? They see. Yeah. I, when I grew up, when was that? When was that? Did you grow up? (laughs) No. What, when was, when did you, when was Europe big? Um, mid to late eighties, probably like 85 to 87. Somewhere. Okay. I wasn't hip enough to like get music. Yeah. At that point. So. I was cool. In yeah, my- you're you're really cool. My dad would buy us cassettes. Like he was the one who would introduce us to music. And basically anything he bought us, we were like, this this rules. We're gonna listen to this on repeat. Like the soundtrack to the movie Dirty Dancing. Um, yeah. I I had that long before I ever saw the movie. He also bought us a soundtrack to the movie Less Than Zero. I don't know if you're familiar with that movie. No. I never saw it. I Is was that a- Elvis Costello song. No, well, maybe, maybe it is, but the movie is like very inappropriate, not for kids. It's okay. Totally about like, you know, like people who are like doing drugs and cheating on each other and treating everyone like shit. It's definitely not a kid's movie in any way. Um, but my dad, for some reason, bought us the soundtrack. Okay. And so I have like every song in that soundtrack memorized, which is so weird because I've never seen that movie. What kind of music was it? Um, I remember there was a cover of In the Gata, in the Gata de Vida. Trying- <laughs> A cover of it, yep, not cover even the real one. Yep, there's also a cover of um, I Want to Rock and Roll All Night, Kiss. It was by Poison, so Poison cover. So in other words, the soundtrack was horrible, but I listened to it all the time. And I was it, it all Poison covering everybody else? No, no. Oh. Those are the two songs at the top of my head that I can remember right now. Gotcha. That's the soundtrack. But yeah, it was, uh, actually earlier today, I had a song in my head and I was like, that's from the mermaid soundtrack, isn't it? Which is another movie that we had the cassette for before we ever saw it. Uh, it was what, um, is that Cher or what is that movie? Yep, Cher starred in it. Okay. It's a, it's a good movie. Yeah. I, I really still like it. I'm pretty sure I've seen it, but movies just do not stick in my head ever. Yeah, yeah. It's Some weird. do, most don't. Yeah. But yeah, I really like that one. But that one has a... Uh, um, Share doing the Shoop Shoop song. Okay. Yes. In the car all the time. So. Yeah. And then there's a poison cover of her doing the Shoop Shoop song as yeah. well on that soundtrack. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> it's poison covering En Vogue. Shoop. No, wait. They didn't do Shoop, did they? Wait. Did they? Shoop Shoop. So- salt and pepper. Peppa. My mistake, everybody. I'm sorry. I'm slipping in my old age. Hey, um, in some states in the United States, a certain crime is punishable and those who attempt it are usually indicted. However, any perpetrator who is successful is never prosecuted. What is the crime? Um, suicide? Yeah, you got that one. Ugh, I didn't realize that that was a crime. Ugh. Yeah, in some states. It says in some states. So fuck. Like, not only are you in horrible emotional trauma, you're in trouble. Yeah, I think like isn't your life insurance void? I bet you're right. Yeah. You kill yeah. yourself. Yeah, so your family gets nothing if you do that. Yeah. Well, anyway, cool, cool question, Sunil. Do you have any that are that do you have any more? I do. I can ask you some more fun ones. Next to answer vehicular manslaughter. <laughs> Robert Brad. Huh. Robert Bradley is a lucky man. He is only 29 and works for an important corporation with offices all over the world. He travels extensively, always first class, staying at the best hotels. He does not buy or sell anything and yet is in close contact with important business people, even royalty. 
When he speaks, everyone listens with undivided attention. Arriving at his destination, he spends his time at the swimming pool if he is not out shopping. After a day or two, he leaves without having concluded any business. Explain. Mm, is he an emotional support dog? <laughs> you are sort of on the right track. Yeah, holy shit. In um, a sense, think about like what, where you where where do you bring those? You bring those. Where do you bring a dog? How would you what, like? It it would be um, a seeing eye dog, like a, a dog helper. <laughs> That's very. I like that. I like your thinking there. It's, I mean, I guess maybe the age throws that into. Question. A 29 year old dog, yeah. But what if that was in dog years? You know, you don't know. I guess maybe if it's in dog years, although yeah. yeah. I mean, Turns out he's he's a he's the chief steward in the first class section of an airline. Ah, okay. There you go. Yep. So cool. Well, I give myself partial credit and you can't <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, because I was thinking seeing I or the dog to the airplane, maybe you could have jumped made that leap. Yeah, no, then, that was yeah, I went the wrong way with it. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay. It's lateral. I'm going to find a 29 year old seeing eye dog. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to ask you one. More. Let me ask you another one here. <laughs> you will you, just to prove me wrong. <laughs> On the, in the case of that one, I think many answers could apply. I think that's, that's a fine one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm driving down a highway at the legal 55 miles per hour speed limit. I'm sober. My license plates, license, and insurance are in order, and I'm wearing my seatbelt. I pass three cars without going over 55 miles per hour, yet a state officer pulled me over and gave me a ticket. Why? You're in a construction zone? No, no. The speed limit is a legal 55 miles per hour in this zone. Okay. So you passed three cars, right. so they were going slower than you. Yeah, perhaps. We're parked, I guess. <laughs> 55 miles an hour. Is it dark and you don't have your lights on? Or maybe you said that already, that you have your lights no, on. No, everything's good. You're I'm good. Retaining all the details to this one. Give me a hint, Sunil. Um, what can cars be doing that isn't driving alongside you or being stopped? Going the wrong way? Yes. <laughs> uh. Um, I, I, a friend of mine who I haven't seen him in a long time, but, um, we used to go to shows and stuff together a lot and not once, but twice when the two of us were on our way to a show, once was to a venue in Detroit, once was to a venue in Pontiac, we had an oncoming car come at us. Oh no. Yeah. Shit. I mean, the same person with me. I was like, this has never happened to me in my life. And this happened to me twice when you're in my car. Twice with you. Yeah. <laughs> You shouldn't come to concerts with me anymore. I mean, both of them are far enough away that we were easily able to evade and get out of the way. Yeah. You know, yeah. one of them was on Woodward and one of them was on one of the streets leading into downtown Pontiac. Oh, I just remember, it's oh. easy as hell to go the wrong way in Pontiac, I feel like that whole loop. Yep, totally. I know. Yeah. But I was like, oh my God, someone's coming right at us. Yeah, that's fucking crazy. That happened to me in Ann Arbor. Um, I was me and my friend Graham at the time. Were there visiting U of M as prospective students. I don't think I'd ever driven to Ann Arbor myself before. So 
Ann Arbor is full of one-way streets. Just I was going definitely the fucking wrong way on a on a street for several blocks. No, <laughs> until my friend pointed this out. Um, so I'm just I'm gonna pick one that I didn't even look at the answer for here and just ask you this. I'm so hit me. It was a warm, sunny day, and Jane decided to take three-year-old Sally to the park. When they arrived, Jane spread a towel on the ground and watched as Sally played in the grass nearby. Suddenly, a large Rottweiler charged across the field straight towards Sally. Instead of panicking, Jane just watched, apparently unconcerned. Why? Because it was their dog? That's kind of what I would think. Or at least a dog that Suddenly they... a large Rottweiler. Yeah, that makes sense. That kind of makes sense, right? You mean, I mean, even as much as I know about dogs, if a Rottweiler is barreling towards anybody, you better know that dog. I mean, even if that dog's friendly, he's going to knock your ass down. <laughs> so the hint is, was Sally afraid of the Rottweiler? No. <laughs> okay. I figured as much since the mom wasn't concerned. Sally was a Rottweiler bitch and the other dog was her mate. Okay, so it wasn't a child; it was a dog that they brought to the park. Yeah. Okay. It's a lot of these switch em ups. It's like, oh, I see. I'm gonna keep going with these. Yep. Please do. Please do. That bitch Sally, she threw me. <laughs> Two robbers break into a jewelry store closed for the weekend and proceed to select the choicest pieces from the display case. Suddenly, one says to the other, "The police are coming. Let's take what we have and go." At first, the first robber looks mystified as he had neither heard nor seen evidence that the police were in the vicinity. But turning to the second robber, he looks concerned and says, okay, let's go. Explain. Mm. Is one of the robbers a cop? It, was there like a, a silent alarm trigger or something that they saw? Like, oh shit, we can't trip the police. Possible, but why would one robber know? Oh, I'm sorry. I know the answer. One of them's clairvoyant, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, that's the answer to like all of them. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a possible answer. Bob is clairvoyant. Bob was using his third eye. <laughs> right. <laughs> all right, here's the hint. Did the robber who warned his accomplice have access to special knowledge? Yes. Hmm. Was he, he's, is this a sting, I guess? A dirty cop is he undercover this is so dumb you're gonna be pissed at this answer the knowing robber is in the habit of listening to his walkman and during jobs tunes to the local police calls station through the earphones he had heard a police car being dispatched to the scene um number one <laughs> if anyone gets that right fuck you yeah. also Number two, what goddamn gear is this book from, Zanil? <laughs> let me ask, let me take a look here. <laughs> 94. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. So, you know, from, from the good old days. Fantastic. <laughs> oh, here's a good, oh, I, I like this one, actually. Uh, Leo Halpern leaves home when he tries to return. Are you listening? Are you good? When he returns, when he tries to return home, a man wearing a mask blocks his path. What is he doing? Who's the guy in the mask? And um, where is Leo's home? Wow, that seems like a lot of information you're requesting from me based on very vague knowledge. 
Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I don't know if you're gonna get this. It's a sports one. It's baseball related. Well, I was gonna say, if it's a sports one, just you might as well just tell me the answer. Well, no I problem. mean, it's home. He's leaving home plate. The man wearing the mask is the umpire or whatever, oh, the catcher, and he's trying to steal or some shit like that. It's just it. like, um, well, that one. Anything involving sports, I automatically give it a thumbs down. So yeah, I'm trying to find a short one here. Here's one that I don't. Okay, here's one I don't know. Claire Vermont, the wealthy widow. The wealthy widow. Okay. You Claire can do Vermont, the wealthy widow of late Raymond Vermont, a former publisher of mystery novels, owned a beautiful estate in Westchester. Late one evening, she looked through the bay windows of her drawing room and to her horror saw a man strangling a woman. That's kind of wild. Claire's first impulse was to open the door and attempt to stop the aggressor. However, she did not. She also did not phone the police, although the telephone was in working order. She felt utterly helpless to intervene in spite of the fact that she was not physically constrained in any way. She did not even call out for assistance to the live-in butler, although he was in the house. Explain her strange behavior. This one's whack. <laughs> yeah. Explain her strange behavior. So she saw it happening, rushed outside with it with a thought that she was going to stop it. But then she when she got not, up, it was like, nah, I'm good. Did not call the cops. Phone's this is working. Was <laughs> that? This is none of my beeswax. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I don't know, Samil. Fifty-two. This is the last one we'll do here. Fifty. I'm going to give you the hint. Okay. Okay. Uh, did Claire know the murderer? Yes. I would assume. Yeah. Um, but I still don't understand what's going on. Strangling. Saw a man strangling a woman. Yeah, I don't know what's going on either. This one's weird. He was having to translate this. Um, so that's why he's having a hard time. <laughs> uh, okay, here's the answer. Claire Vermont viewed the murder from outside the house. She had just arrived home after an evening out when she spotted her butler committing the murder in her living room. What? Because so, all, all it says is that she saw it through the bay windows of her drawing room. Oh, for fuck's sake. I forgot about the cardinal rule that if your butler fucking kills someone in your house, what are you going to do? I don't understand that at all. That wouldn't make no sense to me. That's fucked up. Well, no, I don't know why she didn't call the cops. I was 94, so she doesn't have a phone. Well, you know, again, if a butler kills someone, it's uh, the law says, say la vie. <laughs> Isn't that where the phrase the butler did it? Yep. Comes the from? Butler it, and there's nothing you can do about this legally. I think that's the full phrase. That's kind of in the, it was in part of the Magna Carta. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> how about we wrap this shit up? Yeah, but next time we do this, I have a game that my dad bought for us when we were little kids called You Be the Judge. Okay. It's like a card game. It looks like one of the card boxes from Trivial Pursuit. So just mm -hmm. like, a and each one is basically like a case and you have to like say your opinion or how you would rule on it. Let's so play that game. I was going to say, you best believe I'm going to, I'm going to read you some of those. So we we'll do that. I would love to do that. I think that makes it really fun. This is cool. We'll do that next time for sure. All right. Well, 
next time. Cool society to you. Yep. I'm going to go laterally think. So. All right. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.